Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up, everybody? Happy uh, happy Wednesday. Ooh, you know what this means. We're in the second hour <laughs> no, no. of the Wednesday show, <laughs> you get which me. means we're at the nexus of the there Sports Talk go. Universe. We're in the middle of the day, in the middle of the show. Whoa. Hit a button. All right, that's okay. What? What did it say? Something awesome? Should we just play it? What was it? Three HL promo. <laughs> well, they're coming up next. They'll be <laughs> on in fifty six minutes. May as well start the promo now. Get people fired up for them. Get you the rest of the way home. Uh, Harold Landry got named to the Pro Bowl today. He was an alternate. He replaces Joey Bosa, unable to participate due to injury. He is now the second, only the second Titan to make the Pro Bowl. He is in the Pro Bowl. Spot track has his projected free agency value. I, I said this earlier in the week, just because it's like he's a free agent. They're going to figure this out. Four years, sixty-eight million. That's seventeen million average. And then I saw this tweet from Spot Track. By the way, S P O T R A C. It's a great account. If you're, <laughs> I love it for contracts and stuff like that. Yeah, no, no. I love it. I learned a lot. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's a fantastic website. If you just want to nerd out on the numbers, which I do. I know a bunch of y'all don't care about that stuff, but. I, I like it. it's good to know mm-hmm. they've projected free uh projected franchise tag for his position is eighteen and a half million. Oh, but is he a linebacker or, or is he a defensive end? It, that will be the question. And he's going for Joey Bosa. So it tells he's a defensive end according to the league. So if you're his agent, I, you're whatever the you're fighting the team saying it's mm-hmm. whatever the best one of these is, right? right? Because he dropped in coverage a lot. Yes, he did. Uh, so. I think there's an argument for the Titans to use. I wouldn't use it because, I mean, it's hard to say. Obviously, you, you blitzed him enough where he had a lot of sacks. So, that would, I think it's a, is it a big difference in number? Like, what is it, 20 million to like 17 million? Ooh, no, it's not that, that bad. Um, it, I, I just cracked this open. Um, <clears throat> this was projected franchise tag values. Defensive end is 17.5 million. Uh, linebackers, 18 and a half. Oh, two million. So you're like, yeah, we're a linebacker. 100%. That's what we are. Yeah, they need that two million to get that money to give somebody else. So 18 and a half for linebacker. And here's the one thing about this. And I kept wondering, maybe they just franchise tag him. But if you franchise him, you make yourself a big bowl of 18 and a half million and you sit down and eat the whole thing in one setting. You do. <laughs> With a big wooden spoon. You just sh- like... <laughs> unhinge your jaw like a python and you just eat it all at once here's the thing though you give that rascal a four-year deal spread it all no you don't spit it (laughs) well things don't go well then you then you spread all the cap hits out sometimes you see like the first year cap hit you're like gosh that guy got all this money and his cap hits only that much that just means the big bowl is at the end with the wooden spoon where you unhinge your jaw and eat the cap hit yeah and that's when they probably cut you Oh, yeah, sure, as soon as they can, year four um, of a four-year deal. But um, it's an $18.5 million hit all at once if he is – they they only got like $10 million in cap space right now projected for 2022 per, once again, spot track. Dang. Four for 68, $17 million average if you sign that's, – that's, and sometimes they ride on the line for those. Sometimes they're a little high, a little low. But uh, four for 68, 17 million average is what Spot Track says for Harold Landry. But that's one of the first things you got fig- you got to figure out, right? Is him and Ben Jones. I know it's been a lot of discussion on station throughout the day. Like, what's your first move going to be if you're John Robinson? What's the first move for the Titans? And yeah, they got to make a first move and a second move and a fifth and a tenth and all the other moves because there's we're talking about this downstairs for the show. It's always a big turnover 
on NFL teams every year. Mm-hmm. I think Co- Coach Mack has said the number maybe thirty something percent on the average. But, uh, but this, can you can you transition him? And then I I think other teams can bid on him. Yeah. But I, I think maybe that's a lower number. Just <sighs> never know. I just when you can affect. The, the Buccaneers guys have a giant ring that goes on their hand because they pummeled Patrick Mahomes into submission with the front four. That helped to have Tom Brady, but on defense, hey man, that was gonna happen. That's, and you said that you said that like you said, hey man, about about seven o'clock tomorrow, that sun's going to come up outside. You said all week long confidently they can rush the passer with four. There's nothing he can do. They're going to get him, yeah. and they got. And, and oh Even my gosh, they got I thought him. he was running for his life. <laughs> he was making throws, like falling parallel <laughs> right. to the ground and hitting people in the face with it. His people, not the other guy. So that's kind of what the Titans tried to do, actually, this offseason when they added, uh, you know, Archie. Now, also, guys got better and they brought in Dupree. Yep. So, I mean, those strategic good moves, really good moves. And the defense was, uh, you know, a lot better exponentially. I mean, it was just like, whoa, hey, where did this come from? You know, so and they showed that in this playoff game. It just uh, from their point of view, the defensive guy is going to look at it like it just wasn't quite enough because you're not going to point the finger and say, oh, Tannehill threw some picks because as you heard, Byard, this would be just like me is like, well, I missed a tackle and sure. that bothers me just as much as probably Tannehill throwing an interception. But the limelight is always on the quarterback. Oh, I asked you once about a game that you guys had won or or, or uh, you lost it. it I, we we had this discussion once about a specific game, and it was like a game you guys had lost 13 to 10 or something. I said, man, were you pissed at the offense? You were like, no, pissed at ourselves. We shouldn't have given up 13 points. You said, you don't <laughs> think about that guy didn't do his job. You think, I didn't do my job. I, I didn't do it as well. Right, as I, I didn't do it. If I'd done my job perfectly, then they wouldn't have had 13 points. Yeah, because, you know, you get into that. You know, this is not like high school or you know, you just start pointing the finger. Oh, he messed <laughs> up. And then, you know, I got some teammates still got to shake the extra point in overtime. I mean, a field goal in overtime. You know, our senior year, yep, what? we don't win the, uh, you know, championship, you know. So they're still pissed at it. I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, our own coach called timeout and iced them. Iced your own kicker? Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, no, really? No, no. So, you know, that just can't happen. You can't point the finger. I mean, as soon as you start doing that, man, it, it, something's going to happen bad for you. Just know that. These guys are too good. So that's why I'm probably a little more patient than most on uh, Tannehill, especially what you have invested in them. Uh, not to say you can't go in a different direction, but I will try to just run that thing back one more time. Now, you got to have your exit strategy on Tannehill at the same time, and I don't think yeah. they have that. So that'll be probably part of this offseason, the transition, whether you want to go young quarterback or veteran quarterback who wants the same opportunity as he got that second go round. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who those guys are. And that's why they get paid the big bucks and do their homework. So I, Oh, I know you do your homework too. Cause I see how you I'm flipping <laughs> this paper. Right now. I'm flipping this paper. <laughs> so you got an idea for a quarterback? Cause I know you gave us the, the list of free agents yesterday and then none of them really, you know, make me just jump. Oh, we should go get them. But you know, we don't know. Uh, so you got to have that security blanket and plan B, transition uh so i don't know what, what what quarterback what you what you thinking right now mickey well i was just i, I had read the uh the list yesterday like okay if you want a, a free agent then you know this is who's out there i think uh, the best guy on that list was like bridgewater or andy dalton tarod taylor dalton. and and i know it was tyrod but he told people a couple years ago it's actually pronounced tarod so right. tarod taylor 
Jameis Winston, Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, uh, and Teddy Bridgewater. Those were the those were the top names on the list. Like Ben Roethlisberger is on the list because technically he's a free agent. And there were other guys, Chase Daniel, Fitz Magic was on there. I just put these guys because I thought well, these people have all started fairly significant games and don't appear to be you know thirty six years old or anything like that. How old is Andy Dalton? He'd have to be in his. He'd have to be, and I say aren't thirty six years old. He may be thirty six years old. Andy Dalton. He might be the yeah. oldest guy on the list. Thirty four. It's thirty four. So he's he's about that, the same age as uh, Tannehill. Then he's a year older. Yeah. Tannehill's thirty three. He'll be thirty four going into next year. So. Yeah, I kind of like Dalton on that list uh, as a backup quarterback. Uh, I like uh, your, your guy that has two first names, Tyrod or Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, he, I, I, he beat he, the Titans running the ball, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, if he just stays healthy. But if I'm bringing in as a backup and a security blanket, maybe he can reduce some about him. I just think he's better than people think, and it's 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 really because he's just been what I'm gonna call a stopgap quarterback everywhere he's been. Uh, even when he was with the Bills, I mean, yeah, he shows flashes. So that's a guy you think you can win a couple games with if uh, Tannehill goes down or if Tannehill's not playing well and you want to go in a different direction. You still got somebody who can run the helm pretty And So I think Dalton, you know, you want some guys who have some experience starting and you know what you're getting uh, if you're going for the one-year window. Right. But at the same time, I'm still trying to transition to my young quarterback too. So – does you know a guy like that take away from reps? Depending on how high you want to go with getting your quarterback, you know. So, and the, the quarterback is a crapshoot now. I, I, that first round, second round, I, you know, you know, Cousins was a what fourth rounder, and they took two quarterbacks that year with RG three, and he ended up being the better quarterback. Yeah, for people who don't remember, was a Redskins draft pick right. mm-hmm. behind RG three. Right, RG three went first round. He was was first pick. He was up there. If not, yeah, right up there. And then, and then Cousins was fourth round, right, or somewhere thereabout. And yeah. uh, and I'm going to say this. Once again, at quarterback, the better athlete was RG3, but the better quarterback was Cousins. Mm-hmm. See? So at the position, you don't have to. You have to be a solid athlete. And I would say Tenniel is on the upper end of being a really good athlete. I mean, at the for his position. Sure. Uh, so... I think the only thing that's missing, and we can say, oh, we've seen the last three years, I'm going to give him one more hook to show that he's got it. Because if he's the guy that I think he is, that's not to say everything's gone right for him, but he's going to be driven like no other this year. So I want to capture that in this year. Mm -hmm. Just as mad and pissed off as I am as the GM, I'm sure he's just the same. So hopefully I can capture that and we revisit that and he goes and shows redemption this all next year and does some things that are pretty phenomenal. And times he shows you some phenomenal things. I mean, we could just talk about the play he made in Houston. Mm-hmm. That won the game. I mean, the offense was you know putrid in the second half, really. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I gotta I gotta roll it back. I know everybody's kind of settling down now, but I, I don't know if we can get any of those quarterbacks. And by the way. They're going to be in this offense until they change the coordinator and the head coach. They're going to be in this offense. So until they decide that we're going to tweak this thing and we're going to, you know, open it up a little bit, are you going to have success with even those quarterbacks that you're talking about, Russell Wilson and all these names you guys are coming up with? I don't know if they could do a lot better. Maybe they got a little more clutch gene in them. I could say they do, Uh, but – you just know they're running this offense. 
so if I'm them, I'm going somewhere where I got some say so. Mm-hmm. Just remember, Peyton Manning didn't come here because he wasn't going to have no say so. Yeah. That's real talk right there. And these quarterbacks are elite. They're mm-hmm. going to have say so because they want to feel comfortable running what they want to run. Well, you just hit some people right in the gut with bringing up the Manning one. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're not going to. It's people camping out oh, waiting my, for him. My bad. It, everybody talks about Aaron Rodgers. And I, I love Aaron Rodgers and how he plays and all that. But there's something comes with that. He's he, you, we, we all love Peyton Manning, right? Great quarterback. One of the best. Well, Aaron Rodgers has that same mechanism. That's what makes him great. And guess what? He's going to come here and be like, eh, we, we, we got to run it this way. And, no, no, no. and, and if you want to fight back on that, then you might as well not trade for him. Right. That's what you get when you get those elite quarterbacks. So be careful what you ask for. I, I don't think Vrabel rolls like that. I, I really don't. I think that's why he likes Tannehill. Tannehill just goes, oh, okay, well, I'll figure a way to manage through all this and we'll work it out. Right. No, those guys, nah, we're doing it this way. Hand it off 35 times. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got to hand it off to uh, this commercial break. We'll be right back. Jordan Janney of CBS Sports joins us as the NFL talk continues. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. Uh on Wednesdays, we always love talking NFL with our buddy Jordan DeJani. I, I know it's been hard for a bunch of people to talk NFL this week. I, I had I had multiple people tell me they did not watch another game the weekend after the Titans lost. So, Jordan, I'll ask you: Were you able to kind of settle down? Did you just did you find it in your heart to find a way to watch those other three games? Because I'm going to tell you, you're I, a Tennessee Titan fan, right? I mean, he lives here; he's a local guy. I mean, I know you got to watch him for your job, but as painful as it was, there's not much football left. I I, I still I still watched all of the football the rest of the weekend. Jordan, welcome I, I, in. I was watching, but I don't remember anything. Congrats. <laughs> I, I'm with Mr. Bishop for sure. I mean, I watched the games, but I needed a, I needed a second to really digest exactly what happened yeah, in those yeah. Rams Buccaneers matchup, Bills Chiefs. I mean, I had somebody text me to do radio in the middle of the Chiefs Bills game, and I said, I can't do it. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> there's, there's just touchdowns being scored left and right. I'm gonna. It's, uh, it's like I was coming thing. down from a bender or something. I had to really watch every game again. But yeah, I was very sad on Saturday night. I was even more sad after watching the Packers lose. That was a game I lost money on as well. But <laughs> the shield delivers. The shield delivers is what my friend John Reed tells me. The NFL was wildly entertaining. Well, it sure was. Uh... So we were Wednesday. The game happened on Saturday. Uh, they fired like dudes that people couldn't pick out in a police lineup, other than Jim Haslett. <laughs> were you surprised that there, like nobody on the offensive staff got that defensive line assistant coach to the yeah, assistant? They fired that dude and like big Jim and Nico Autry had like twenty sacks almost. It's so like, let's fire that dude. Nobody on the offense. Were you surprised? It, it just kind of how the firing sorted out. I was just with the timing of it, and also, like you mentioned, some of the assistants that were fired. I, I didn't know the reasoning that went behind that, especially when you take a step back and look at where the successes lay with this Titans team. You know, it just didn't make a lot of sense. But uh, in terms of the guys who were uh, not fired, per se, uh, I can't say I'm exactly too surprised. I didn't, really didn't know what kind of direction Tennessee was going to go 
when it comes to maybe replacing the play caller slash offensive coordinator with Mr. Downing. That was something that really caught my eye in terms of just play calling throughout the entire season. You know, there were moments where I thought he, he was uh, he was really grasping onto it and getting better, but there were also moments where it seemed like the offense floundered and it was because of some things that were going on with the coaching staff and also with the play calls in general. And, of course, we all witnessed what happened in Nissan Stadium uh, in the playoffs against the Bengals. So we're a little surprised about that, uh, but I'm sure that's something that you guys have been talking about with all your callers over the past few days. Uh, very much talking about it. I, I know that you wrote about this. You wrote about your hometown team that you cover. You had a three-step plan for the Tennessee Titans. You, you want to go ahead and lay out the plan, and, and, and then we'll just go from there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, steps one and two, three, you know, I didn't really put them in any particular order, but they are the three most important things, in my opinion. The three things that I'd be focused on if I was a member of the Tennessee Titans front office. Uh, number one, I want to shore up the secondary. I want to add a cornerback. I don't know if Janoris Jenkins is going to be back. That, uh, But also there's some depth guys that are looking for contracts, like Greg Maven and Buster Screen. Um, you know, that position group, in my opinion, is going to look very different. But on top of that, I also want to add another legitimate starter, whether that's in free agency or whether that's in the NFL draft. I know a lot of people believe that Caleb Farley is going to return next year and immediately be that legitimate starter. But i got to be honest, guys. To me, that first-round pick is a gamble until they prove to me it is not a gamble. So shoring up the secondary was a big uh, need in my mind. Now, the other thing, you know, we, we're probably going to talk about Ryan Tannehill a little bit, but I also want to support him a little bit more with weapons. I want to add another legitimate wide receiver. Julio Jones was that splashy addition, but obviously he did not look like the same dominant specimen he was with the Falcons. We tried to take Josh Reynolds. I don't know why that didn't work out because he looked pretty darn good with the Detroit Lions in the few games he played. But we've got to add another legitimate, talented guy. Again, whether that's free agency or the draft, I'm leaning towards the latter. I think there's some gems that you can find potentially in this class. Um, and then for the third step, you know, I don't think we can move on from Ryan Tannehill. The numbers just don't make sense. It's fun to explore trade avenues with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. But I think the Titans need to add a quarterback. And, again, that could be done in free agency or the draft. But I want to I want to bring in somebody who could potentially light a fire under Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. You know, start maybe turning your attention just a little bit to the future. I want to bring in a legitimate backup, somebody who's going to put pressure on Ryan Tannehill, because I'm getting a little nervous that the best days of Ryan Tannehill could be behind us. But maybe if we find a guy that can light a little bit of a fire under him, uh, the Titans can again be the number one seed in the AFC in 2022. All right, well, Mickey has a list of those quarterbacks. I mean, which one of these guys would you go after as a veteran quarterback? Uh, I mean, Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, uh, Tyra Taylor. I mean, is anybody? Jameis, like Jacoby, Trubisky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of guys for sure. Um, well, this is kind of biased. i got to admit that on the forefront here. But uh, I'm, I'm really kind of interested to see what happens with Jameis Winston. I, I think that this quarterback carousel could be really wild and – there's always going to be one or two guys that are thrown off and is going to have to start over as a backup. Jameis could fit that role because he looked pretty good as a starter in the few games he played. But, of course, he tore his ACL, yeah. and now his New Orleans Saints are going through what's really kind of a, more of a front office rebuild. No head coach, no quarterback, unprecedentedly poor cap situation. I'm kind of curious where Jameis is going to go. But at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if there's another team that takes a flyer on him as a starter. Now, you bring up the quarterback issue. I think the best route to go is through the draft, and I think it's using one of your first picks as well. Mm -hmm. I think that 
step two uh, to any three-step plan should be cut a hole in that box. Uh, that's via Saturday Night Live, the uh, Justin Timberlake song where something was put in a box. Blaine is looking at. Yeah. It. I'll play that for Blaine in the uh, in the commercial. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got our man Jordan oh, DeChaney with us. Oh, is, is Jordan's money in that box? Yeah, because I, I don't hey, know. Man, doesn't sound like you did too good on your bet, man. You're right there with me, man. I, I didn't. I had a little wager just there in the house, but uh, nothing uh, to the extent of you, I'm sure. But uh, if you were looking at the quarterbacks, and I don't know how deep you look at the draft, it's still really early. What quarterbacks at 26 do you think you can get and they may move up? Maybe they move back and pick up a second-round pick, and, and that way they have two second-round picks. I don't know. and I, I, I don't know. But, but what quarterback do you think would best fit this style of offense? Not the best quarterback, but the, the best one that could fit this scheme and system. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think I'll have to get back to you on that one because okay. I don't think I've watched enough film on some of these first-round guys to really kind of put it into perspective which one would fit the Tennessee Titans uh, the best. And the reason why is because a few weeks ago we were talking about the Titans drafting a quarterback in the first round potentially. So I'll probably have to get back to you on that one. You know, I'm looking at some of these mock drafts at CBS. Our, our, we have a really great team that does mock drafts throughout the year, and now is their time to shine up on the website. So we have a few analysts who have been putting out mock drafts every single week. I'm seeing guys like uh, Malik Willis from Liberty go late in the first. I'm seeing guys like Desmond Ritter pop up there as well. It's, and, th and that's another reason I can't give you a great answer is because the quarterback movement we see when it comes to mock drafts in the first round um, could be very different compared from January to February in, in March, right? So I, I'm always curious to see which one is going to be that quarterback that makes that crazy leap up draft boards that was originally going to be a late first rounder, such as Mac Jones. It's going to look very different in a couple of months. And since, for the, since those quarterbacks obviously play the most important position in football, you know, that their importance is elevated, which makes it kind of tough if you're looking for a guy and you're late in the first round. And I'm not advocating for the Tennessee Titans to consider pulling a 49ers and giving up the King's ransom to choose their guy. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's something that should be in their mind. Well, you know, there's a lot of names uh, fans are throwing around as quarterbacks. So let's just start off with my man, A.R., Aaron Rodgers. You think he'll be a Packer next year? That's a great question. I've been maintaining that he was going to be a Packer in 2022, but I didn't see this team losing in their first playoff game. And I do think that this is something that could have negatively affected his decision-making. So, out of ever since we went through this entire drama last offseason, at this point, right now on Wednesday, January 26th, I'm the most open I've been to to Aaron Rodgers playing for a new team. Mm. Well, we have to go to the guy I was pushing for. If we can, you know, we didn't get Tom Brady to go to Tannehill, but uh, man, Tom Brady, you think he's really retiring? I do. I do. Wow. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I, I really do. You know, the reason why is because. This report came out of nowhere. And it's really funny. i got to say this on air, too. CBS Sports was actually the outlet that broke this. Jason Lockenfora, our insider, was the one who broke it a full day before ESPN and the other guys were talking about it. That came from us. And that came out of nowhere. And I was reading it, and I was thinking, you know, something's going on behind the scenes. Because Tom Brady's always talked about that he's going to play till he's 50, 60. You know, he doesn't slow down. He's built different. You know, that's kind of the way he's always carried himself. And that's how his friends and teammates know him as well. Now, all of a sudden, in the middle of the playoffs, we're seeing reports and uncertainty about his future. Uh, he had some comments on his podcast earlier this week as well, talking about how 
You know, I think it was something specific about his wife not liking seeing him getting hit, that he wants to be a better father and be there for his kids growing up, that he loves football, that he's had a great run, yada, yada, whatever it may be. Because of that and the timing and, and just just how weird it is, because it's so different from the Tom Brady we know, that's why I think this retirement speculation is very for real. Mm, man, you're making me nervous there, man, because he said something <laughs> like this before when he was with New England. I know he's on top, but he can leave at any time, that's for sure. Well, someone who did leave for sure, and that is Sean Payton, man. Is he just trying to sit up for a year so he can get ready to take the Dallas job? What's going on here, man? Something's not yeah, right here. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally what everyone is speculating, and that, ma- that makes me kind of feel bad for the guy because imagine if you're legitimately retiring from football and everyone doesn't believe you. Like, right, that's, that's kind of tough. But that's the way I see it as well. I don't think Sean Payton is stepping away for good. I think that – I mean, I don't want to say that he's trying to get out of a bad situation, but I understand it would be very tough to be the head coach of the New Orleans Saints coming into this next off season. Like I mentioned, one, for the second year in a row, they are facing an unprecedented cap situation. <laughs> You're going off of a year and a half where you did not have a great uh, conversation with Michael Thomas, one of your best players. You still don't know who your quarterback's going to be, and Jameis Winston is no longer under contract. You just gave more money to Taysom Hill. Um, you know, it's kind of messy out there in New Orleans. It's still an attractive job, but not the most attractive job. Um, you know, I think Sean Payton is also very tired, and, and the stressors that these NFL coaches have are a lot, especially when you're not winning. Uh, I think this is the first time in, like, four years the Saints didn't win the division, so that's got to be taxing as well. But, you know, when it's all said and done, I really do think Sean Payton returns. And in those initial reports, we, the sources, whoever we're talking to the NFL Network, also said that Sean Payton, if he returns, he's not returning to coach the Saints. So in my mind, yes, there's always been a love affair when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, I would imagine, and you know, it's fun, it, we can make jokes about it, but I do think that he could be coaching the Dallas Cowboys in, in 2023. I think that's a possibility. Well, with uh, Jordan DeJenny, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Uh, I know Titans fans are, are hurting, but I have to ask you this. Could you imagine being a Bills fan after the way that game ended? Mm. Maybe the greatest back-and-forth ending in NFL the history, I mean, I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen anything like that either. I mean, Josh Allen's going for four touchdowns, just 10 incompletions. Gabriel Davis is breaking records, 201 yeah. yards, four touchdowns. And the defense just let up, man. They let up at the end. It's, it's incredible looking at some of the stats. I mean, after the two-minute warning in that, in that Bills-Chiefs game, I think we got like 31 points, 296 yards of offense. Both quarterbacks had four touchdowns. There was only two rushing plays, by the way. It, it was unbelievable. So, I, I mean, that's why the conversation this week is about changing overtime, and I think it's a very interesting one, and it's one that I think that everyone should be open to. Because when the NFL first adjusted their overtime, um, it, it was because they thought the coin toss, you know, had too much importance. And it still turns out that that's a fact. So I'm kind of curious to see if this is going to spurn some conversation, spark some conversation uh, in the offseason meetings later this year. Well, I saw that Art Rooney of the Steelers had already said he would be open to listening to potential Changes to overtime, but playoffs only. And if you got one of the Rooneys or one of the Maras or Jerry Jones who says something, I would imagine that's probably a window into the soul of, you know, the competition committee saying, yeah, we might talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that goes along with that, you know, evidence, if you will, is that they've been talking about this for a couple of years now. I think it was the Baltimore Ravens that brought up that, what was it, spot and shoes. Uh, 
uh, proposition where, you know, one, the, the away team would choose what yard line the ball's put on, and then the home team would choose if, they are, if they're playing defense or offense. I really do think, you know, I know it's only been one game and we're only a couple days away from they passed it, but I really do think that we could see the overtime rules change again. And it's interesting that Rudy brought up that just for the playoffs, yep. because that's exactly what the NFL did. Uh, a decade ago, when they changed their when they changed their overtime rule so that the first possession field goal wouldn't be sudden death, they put that in the playoffs first before they made the change two years later, putting that to the regular season to make it even. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. All right, you've established your betting prowess here on the show. So before we leave, who have you got in the two games this weekend? Yeah, I don't think I've done anything to uh, further my prowess. <laughs> You've established your dominance hey, like Greg Joseph We're backing you, man. Yeah. Everybody do what uh, George Jenny does, man. You'll make a lot of money. We've got our credit cards out on the table here, so tell us what to do with them, Jordan. For sure. I mean, I'll be doing some betting guides just looking at these two matchups coming on CBSSports.com later this week. Uh, I will say that I've been doing very well with some of these play, with these player props in the postseason. So definitely check that out over at CBSSports.com. There you go. Remember last time I was on with you, Blaine, I told you every team that had won in the playoffs up to this point has, has covered the spread. Yeah. Well, guess yep. what? Nothing's mm-hmm. changed. Every single team that has won an NFL playoff game this year has covered the spread. Ooh. Now, that's interesting because we're looking at a Bengals-Chiefs matchup. The Chiefs are favored by seven points. Ooh. I'm kind of eyeing almost a push there. I, I, I have trouble laying seven points with the Chiefs, which makes me want to kind of avoid an ATS play there. But we still have a couple days to really think over it. I think maybe a teaser, including the total, could be something that's intriguing there. Now, as for the Rams 49ers, this is a three-and-a-half-point spread, just like Bengals-Titans. It really comes down to which team do you think is going to win. I understand that the 49ers pulled off a miraculous comeback in overtime and won by three points, uh, but at the same time, I brought up that stat. The team that is winning, whether favorite or underdog, they are covering the spread. Uh, The way I look at it, contrasting styles. Very excited for it. The Rams are kind of flashy, finesse, versatile on offense, while the 49ers have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Which one is going to win out? The Rams got off to a 17-0 lead early in the first half. The last time around, that's not going to happen again. I'm expecting more of a low-scoring affair. That's why the total is sitting around 46, 45 and a half, I believe. Um, But ultimately, I'm looking at Matthew Stafford. I'm looking at the narrative around the NFL. He's finally reinvented himself. I think he gets to the Super Bowl in his first year with the Rams. There you go. Uh, Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Jordan, great stuff, and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Hopefully we'll have a bunch of head coaching vacancies that have been filled. We can go through that and uh, review your gambling picks. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. Jordan Janney, CBS Sports. You can always catch him here on Blaine and Mickey, same bat time, same bat channel. All right, we come back. we got one segment left. Kip and Gallatin has been holding – He says he's got a dumb trade idea. I'm all ears, Kip. Hold on. We'll get to you. Also, Todd in Clarksville, uh, we'll get to some phone calls next, but I want to hear this trade idea. What kind of trade idea? It's dumb, he says. I'm all all ears. We'll do that next. Make sure I heard it correctly. Dumb Dumb. trade idea. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Let's let's put a disclaimer as we start this segment. Uh, Lucas, 
we may have had a, a note. Well, well, don't, don't act like you're looking at the screen about now, About this man. potential trade idea. Kip <laughs> has a trade idea. You might have added a little commentary to it because we don't want to throw Kip under the bus here. We, we want to hear his trade opportunity. You, you thought maybe it was maybe a ding-dong ding idea. I might have added a caveat. something that's possible. I might have added a caveat on the call screen. I'll, I'll let you guys be the judge. Let's do it. Kip and Gallatin. <laughs> hey, man, let's be GM here, Kip. Thanks for holding. Man, what is this trade idea? You did not say it was dumb. You have a good trade idea. Let's hear it. Okay. Vrabel and Brady reunite. Only quarterback to win three Super Bowls with different teams. Possibility to give him a two-year contract, trade Tannehill's contract to Tampa Bay with maybe some um, picks. Or Rodgers, who's not really enamored with the Green Bay, Wants to win now, like Brady, go out on top, uh, winning two different leagues, and trade Tannehill's contract. Younger player in both cases to Green Bay. Or third option, although his stock's gone up quite a bit, Garoppolo, because they've got a young quarterback behind them. All right, Your Kip. thoughts. Okay, we're going to try to unpack all of this. Uh, they had a chance, to the best of all of our knowledge, a couple of years ago to to hitch their wagon to Tom Brady. Yeah, remember, I was all in on that. Yeah. And I said, I'm cool with Tannehill, but He's if I'm going for Tom Brady, this is Tom Brady. I'm, I'm getting Tom Brady. So I think that boat is sailed. Now, mm-hmm. you said something about they're both younger than Tannehill. No, he's Tannehill is younger than the, both of the, the both of those guys. Who the, he said Garoppolo? Garopp- now, he's not younger than Garoppolo, uh-huh. but you you mentioned the other guys being younger. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, I, I, if you take on Aaron Rodgers, he's immediately going to say to anybody, "All right, I want forty million a year or forty-five because I'm Aaron Rodgers." I mean, I this is all fun. It's fun to play fantasy GM. Now, I will say this: <laughs> I do think the 49ers may, especially if they lose on Sunday, they got a first-round draft pick just sitting. They'll probably trade Jimmy Garoppolo to somebody. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they. Why would they trade to the Titans for another quarterback when they got a? They, it's fun to play GM, but I, I just don't know how realistic any of this stuff actually is. It's fun to play GM. Yeah, they're going to have to give up a lot of draft capital and players to get one of, one of those guys, whether you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, yes. if Tom Brady doesn't retire, or even uh, Russell Wilson. So you're, you're talking about probably giving up a first and a third and maybe even a player, and then now you have to sign them to you know humongous contracts. Uh, so I, I just don't know. I'm not smart enough, I have to say, to – be able to just kind of analyze all that. Now, if you're you're trying to change and turn over your roster and move forward, you'll find a way. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't know if they're at that point. And a lot of things have to change. You got to remember now, if you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers or somebody like Tom Brady or whoever, just hypothetically, you know, that first of all, they're going to have to have some, they're going to throw the ball more. So they have to have pass protectors and not run blockers. As So the system, the whole system of what Vrabel has built here is going to get tweaked. So you have to, you got to bring in more, you know, pass protecting type linemen than uh, run built linemen. They already had to keep their tight ends in and max protect all the time because they were run blocking more so than good at pass blocking. They're just okay at pass blocking. So I just don't know if that's just going to happen. And then those guys are going to come in with demands as far as how they're going to run their offense. They've had success for a reason. It's because they're really good at collaborating uh, with their coordinators and quarterbacks coach. Uh, 
and uh, that pretty much they're on the field, they win. Let's win one more with the uh, Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Todd in Clarksville jumps in the mix. What's going on, Todd? What you got? Hey, just real quick, everybody's been calling in and hating on everybody, you know, with the right. Titans and different things and stuff. So I just want to give props to Blaine for standing up, you know, and looking at long term. And, you know, it wasn't so long ago, what, four years ago, it had been, what, a decade or so since we had been to the playoffs. We've been to the playoffs three straight years. Um, you know, some of the other things that get overlooked with Tannehill, you know, he, he he's able to rush. I don't know how many rushing touchdowns he had this year. But on top of that, you know, he ran for, for – for first downs when we were third and whatever the case may be and stuff like that. And I've also heard, too, on another program or whatever that we listened to when they were given stats, whatever he's got as far as interceptions this year in the teens, I think it was, almost a third. I think they see either five, six, or seven of his um, um, interceptions were tipped balls. So, you know, I just find it ironic that when Tom Brady has three, you know, interceptions, or and not he used the same caliber, but when you have some of your elite quarterbacks, they say they have so many interceptions this game, but then they always quickly follow up, you know, whether it was a wrong wrong route run or a tip ball or something like mm-hmm. that. But then Tannehill just takes it, and he's never said anything about his guys running the wrong route, you know, not stopping, not finishing the route, you know, all that other kind of stuff. So I think people just need to look back and watch some films from, you know, 14, 15, and 16 and appreciate what we have and go forward and just tweak what we got. Thank and you, guys, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, and a lot of it has to do with the salary. I don't know. I'm not watching the film on and knowing how far the receivers are supposed to run and things of that nature, or if Tannehill's a bit late and he's starting to lose his fastball. Those are the things for the experts to deal. And then if you see those things, you try to turn it faster than normal. Uh, but as far as I am right now, I'm, 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 you know, Tannehill just has to show, as I said before the season, he can get it done in the playoffs. He hasn't. Let's give him one more shot. He just needs to show he's got it. And guess what? He's going to be pissed off for greatness all off season, And he's going to want to show, because this is going to be the question about him, and this is why all the national media guys always bagging on the Titans. It's because of Tannehill. Well, we're about to see if he can get it done. You're stuck with him, to me, unless you make some crazy trade, which can happen, but I, don't, I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, it's time for us to get crazy and get out of here as we trade places with 3HL. They're coming up next. I'll get everybody home on this cold, sunny, chilly day. In between it, time and between time. All those things. Hey, all those, right? Times, yes. <laughs> we'll yeah, see you tomorrow. Time. Thanks, Lucas. Peace. <laughs>